Welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John. Uh, I'm in my house, uh, and this week's podcast, I'm here. Uh, Jason uh, is in his house. Hello, Jason. Hello there. I'm in my house. I'm in the top room, and I could, if I look out the window, see the floodlights of Vicarage Road. They're not turned on. Uh, and uh, Michael is in his house. Welcome to my house. Da, 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 da. All right? Yeah, well, yes, because Watford, Watford have won a game, Michael. Um, and we're on 33 points. Uh, Watford yesterday beat Everton 1-0 at home. Uh, and this podcast, we're going to talk about that this game. But we're, basically, we're going to talk about the game through your questions uh, that you sent us via at Watford Podcast uh, on Twitter. Um, Michael, though, let, well, before we get going, how did you feel going into this game with the whole Everton Marco Silva thing? Interesting, really, because I don't know if you noticed, but I did a little bit for BT Sport before the uh, before the game, um, and they were trying to get me to sort of talk a little bit about the needle um, that that they foresaw that they anticipated might be sort of present amongst us supporters. And really, whilst it was always whilst it was always going to be nice if we could beat Everton for for obvious reasons, I think the most important thing to me yesterday, and I I reckon probably ninety nine percent of other Watford supporters, was just getting a three. Points. It struck me as an absolutely huge opportunity, especially with the, the results that that went on elsewhere that day. Just to just to keep everyone sort of at, at sort of not arm's length, but at least sort of keep them sort of I don't know how to describe it, but keep a little bit of space between us and the bottom bottom three. So I just saw it as a really really good opportunity to, to get a win. Uh, and if we and, and it being against Everton would have been a, a nice little um, a nice little cherry on the cake. But you know it's not Everton supporters got nothing to do with them. The whole the whole silver issue. I've said it. I've gone on record before. I think the whole way that that Marco Silva dealt with that issue was was the real issue for me. So it, whilst it did have that little bit of extra spice for me, just getting that win was was so so important for us. Yeah, I was exactly the same. I just, you know, I didn't have a thing against Sam Allardyce. Oh, no, start again. I didn't have anything new against Sam Allardyce um, or against his way of football. <laughs> um, the, you know, the Everton players weren't part of it. The Everton fans weren't part of it. It was a hierarchy thing who were might have been at that game yesterday, but they weren't on, on that pitch. And and Jason, um, at half-time, knowing that lots of people are watching the game either at, at, at the stadium or, or at, the, uh, at home on, on television on BT Sport, um, they, I asked them what was their three-word half-time, and th- they were not positive, positive uh, uh, three words that were chosen. Um, the one thing, though, uh, out of our WhatsApp group, uh, Colin, uh, our mate who does a podcast with us, uh, he said, Jason, tactically, uh, have we got it bang on? Nullify their threat and then slowly came out attacking changes. Push them back. Got the goal and shut the game down. Loved it. Loved it is such a weird thing to say after seeing all the comments <laughs> I saw. Would you agree that that Javi sort of did the right thing? Absolutely. My my biggest fear, if you like, was uh, was Theo Walcott. I, I was really worried about the damage he could cause, knowing that Big Sam probably would set up like he did, knowing he'd sort of try and keep it solid, keep it tight at the back and then look to catch us on the break. And knowing that our defence has been a bit um, susceptible to to fast players running at us uh, this season, particularly with players missing and with Holobas's temperament as we know it. If he's got Theo Walcott running at him, uh, the risk of yellow and maybe a red card was there as well. And and had that come about, had we gone a goal down, it would I would then have felt we'd have found it hard to, to get back in the game but it was almost as if Walcott wasn't playing we we absolutely nullified him which was, I think was the word we used a few times on the WhatsApp group yesterday uh, it, it, it was a a great defensive performance um, 
I think both sides were probably reasonably happy defensively. It was just that lapse that uh, and and great bit of skill um, for our goal that that won the game for us. But certainly from our point of view, defensively, I thought we were solid. Mariapa, yes, everyone saw his rogue passes in the first 10 minutes but again defensively he was awesome I think in that first half there wasn't a single Everton cross that he didn't get on the end of and, and clear away absolutely awesome from him football as I said before is a game about winning and we want to go and win it so Javi <laughs> got it right bringing on uh, Kiko and Akaka so the extra striker Richarlison again looking looking a bit tired not the the, the Richarlison we know he can be and and that was a bit of a pump wasn't it bringing bringing Kiko on and uh letting him play uh play right wing in the in the 4-4-2 setup um and and it worked yeah him, him and uh, the substitution I definitely gonna come up in a couple of our questions but Mike are you particularly highlighted um uh, Matt's uh, and actually, not just not just yesterday, that the, he's really come back and almost like a, a, for the second time uh, in his t- his return to Watford, showing that he should be picked. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to to highlight his contribution to to Watford during what has been another a tricky season, really, one way or another. He sort of he was brought in. No one really expected him to to pull up any trees or be a, be a first team regular. But for whatever reason, this year he has, and it's all, almost been a case of while everyone else around him is losing their heads. Maps has managed to to keep his and use it to great effect as well when he's when he's playing and I I suspect that well I know for a fact and I'm sure most people agree that on on the pitch he's very very rarely let us down I think the the fact that his misplaced passes were so obvious yesterday is a is a case in point you it, you know he's been exemplary really um, and when you compare him to to Seb Pruddle for example who you know I think is a is a fantastic footballer he's very experienced but he's he's looked uneasy an awful lot this season and I actually think yesterday he sort of he, he he's still not back to his best. Let's put it that way. With with Seb, as far as I'm concerned, but but Maps has been has been pretty pretty chill, pretty cool, pretty pretty calm. And I suspect that off the pitch as well, he's probably been quite important. You know, Troy has had his issues this year um, with the transfer speculation, with the um, with the with the with being suspended for a number of games. So in the in the dressing room, you need that grounded, sensible influence, and I think we've got it in Cleverly. I think we've got it in Gomez, um, but I think we've definitely got it in in Mariapa, someone who's committed to the club, who understands the club, understands what's been going on, um, and I think he's he's a real unsung hero for this year. Um, I think he's. I think we should be really grateful. We, we've we, we've got him specifically in this time of, of, of relative turmoil. Um, so yeah, a masterstroke uh, bringing him back, and I, I for one am incredibly glad we've got him. And uh, I think it's a, a really good opportunity to really good opportunity just to say well done really to him and because I think he is an untung hero he's done he's done really well this season um he's been fantastic um just just clarify something Michael uh, you're just saying that Prudel is um not pretty on the eye in terms of footballing ability he's still pretty swish in terms of the uh, the facial features yes Oh look! I mean, he, he looks absolutely magnificent in terms of his uh, physicality. The physical specimen was uh, show me a better, show me a better looking uh, character, and uh, well, I'll be waiting a long time. So yeah, he's uh, he's a beautiful, beautiful man. But you know, he looks, a li- he just looks a little bit. He looks like he's getting himself into into trouble a lot, a bit of the time. Just sort of, I don't know. Can't quite put my finger on it. I just don't think he's he's fully there. I think um, there's obviously he's obviously a great player. I'm, I'm glad he's one of ours, but. Yeah. 
just not quite there for me. He just, he just, he just worries me a little bit. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike surname is Parkin. He has a son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Now, of course, Watford won yesterday. Troy Deeney with the only goal. And I think it's fair to say it was important Troy that got that goal. His first for a little while and his first from, from open play. So important for Troy. Who would you say it's important that scores next? Who needs a goal? Who else needs a goal for uh, Watford? Den Fayou needs another goal. And probably Prudel. Oh, Prudel, yeah. I'll have one more, and that would probably have to be Pereira. Oh, Pereira. Why, why is it important for him to score a goal? Because he's a really good player, and he hasn't scored much. Fair point. Arlo, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks. Bye-bye. OK, let's go to the questions. Uh, firstly, can I say Chris Bone? I don't think quite you get the idea. Uh, this is a podcast, not a live radio show. So when you ask, should I go for stuffed crust pizza, uh, you might not get this answer for days. So you might go hungry for days. Uh, so if you are going to give us a question in the future, please make sure it's one that you can wait a long, long time. I'm just going to go with the, the, the order these turned up in. Hang on, hang on, John. Hang on, John. If only fair that Chris has, has put, posed the question, we don't want to make him wait forever. Let's, let's at least <laughs> answer, the, answer the man. He could be... He could be expecting the podcast on on Monday, so and he could, Monday could be pizza day. For That's true, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so um, let, let's let's cut the guy some slack. I'm going to go with um, not stuffed crust, the sort of standard um, deep pan. If that's a, if that's a, if that's an op- if that's an option, go with that. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to say no to stuffed crust, but go uh, thin and crispy. Yeah, I'm I'm all about topping. I'm, I, I I just I do think the stuffed crust was just a marketing ploy by Pizza Hut many years ago. Um, but I, I, I go for more, more cheese on the pizza. Don't just put it in the, uh, in the side. So, number one, does Akaka deserve a start or is his explosive impact more important? That's from Steve, uh, Watford underscore TID. Jason. He worked as an impact sub yesterday, didn't he? So uh, I, I, we, we've asked this question before in the in the past, and we sort of said yes. And then he plays a few games, and he sort of gets so far during the games, and he starts something doesn't go his way. He throws his toys out of his pram a bit, and you just see him getting a bit of a huff on the field, or he looks to looks to get a bit tired. I think at this stage, I'd leave him as an impact sub. We know that probably our three main attacking options in Dini, Akaka, and Gray. None of them are the uh, the perfect finished article for, for what we want, and I'm sure we'll be looking to improve on that over the summer. For now, I'd leave him on the bench. Uh, Mike, Steve also said... Um Zonal marking. Are you happy that it's gone? Well, I, I just want to pick up on. Uh, I want to pick up on. I am. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as, as Jay said, I think we looked. Um, we looked solid defensively. I think both teams didn't want to lose yesterday, so I think defensively, uh, neither team really had too much to do, did did they? So it's. Uh, yeah, I think we look. We're looking a lot more solid. I think Javi is uh, has changed things for the better in in that regard. I think sort of uh, yes. So I'm happy with that. But and Peter Elson, I noticed that wrong liner on Twitter. He asked uh, regarding Akaka whether I'd changed my opinion on him uh, and I agree with Chase I think he's better coming off the off the bench because quite frankly when did he come on with was a half an hour to go something like that yeah 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 about 60 minutes I think they, they did most of the changes yeah 
and 15 minutes in, he was absolutely blown out of his backside. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he was having to sort of stop with his hands on his, hands on his knees. And to be perfectly frank, and I might be sort of lapsing into the, the old mic here, and so forgive me for my sort of slightly negative take on it, but I think we, the fact that people are so effusive about Akaka says more about our other striking options than it does about him. I just don't see that he's, he's different and he's big and he's strong and he does sort of worry defenders. I certainly don't think that it, you'd get that from, for 90 minutes from him. Um, and I certainly don't think that if we had, for example, Igalo and Dini of the, of the first Premier League season, anyone would want Akaka anywhere near, near the first, first <laughs> team. And I know I'm, I'm, probably, I'm being over, overly simplistic. He did change the game yesterday. But I also thought it looked a bit of a struggle for him. I don't. Yeah, I, the, the the ball was sort of bouncing off him, and I just he does he, have he that thing of to, he does have the thing where you know he gets frustrated at decisions that go against him um, in terms of yeah, you know, I, fouls and stuff, and that that does get a bit annoying that he always has to protest a little bit too much, a little bit too long. Um, and I, I yeah. you know, I think you may, I, I I would be exactly the same. But Jace, do, do you think though? Maybe maybe more specifically for for West Brom next weekend, Gavin Smith. Uh, WFC JLS uh, asked, uh, "How important is it for us to play two up front?" Obviously, we looked we looked better with two up front yesterday, and um, we talked about it before. There, who's their back back? So they've got uh, Johnny Evans in the back there, and and they are, to put it nicely, a bit lumpish, aren't they, West Brom? Perhaps a Karka and Deeney together could cause them problems and may also benefit us. We know West Brom are good at set pieces, so it may benefit us in that regard defensively as well. Mm. If we've got a couple of big units to, to match them when they're taking corners and uh, attacking free kicks. So, uh, potentially it's there. I'm sure Javi knows exactly what he's going to do and that's why he's the manager and, and I'm not. To be honest, I think I'd still stick stick with the one for now. Let's let's draw them out. I think a lot of it might actually depend on on what's happening with Delafeu, because if it, whether he's going to be fit or not. Because if he's fit, they've got Delafeu and Richarlison to worry about, and we can attack them wide. And Pereira as well can be a bit tricky in behind as well if we stick with the same uh, lineup as as yesterday. So they could be our threats rather than having to put two up top. Also, I think it's worth saying that it's interesting that you omitted a name there, Jace, when talking about our our attacking options, and that's that's Richarlison, who I thought he really, really struggled yesterday to get in, into the game, didn't he? He just didn't. Whether mm. it's the the service or whether it was him having an off day, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But he got he got pulled off again. Um, is that the fourth time, the fourth game in a row? I think we've seen mm. him seen him um, substituted, and I think that was. He had minimal, minimal impact, and I think previously in the in, in the season he has almost been operating as a. He's as good as a second striker, isn't he? Because he was getting he yep. was getting on the ball and and getting forward and getting into getting into places. Arlo's got this thing where he insists on watching a match of the day at random. So I'll come down in the morning or come back from school, whatever. And there's a recording of match of the day on, and in, and almost invariably you see Richarlison missing <laughs> missing a header um, <laughs> or missing a chance. But and it's great that he got into those situations. That's by no means a dig at Richarlison. It's more a, a more a sort of um, assessment of how he was playing earlier in the season. He was getting into positions where he was he was being getting these chances um so the fact that he is not in the game as much and he might be double mark people know about him here now that the, the the cat is well and truly out of the out of the bag but uh we not haven't been getting the the benefit of Richarlison over the last sort of 
certainly the last month, six weeks, I, w- I wouldn't have said. So uh, that's, that's, it's interesting that you completely didn't mention him, Jase, because really, from an attacking point of view, he's, he's almost completely out of the frame at the moment, isn't he? And, well, that, uh, my, yeah, my, my hope is now that, it, again, sort of talking about Delefeo, and if he's fit, you, you're kind of hoping that he's the one, or he's able to take some of that attention away from Richarlison, mm. um, because defensively, opposition now, they've got to worry about Delefeo and Richarlison, and they can't sort of double team up on uh, on Richarlison if they if they're going to leave space over on the other side and uh, we can actually stretch the defense around a bit and and I sort of mentioned Pereira as well if he can sort of unlock holes in the middle and and we can get some good movement between Dini whoever starts up front and uh, and the man behind him if it's Pereira if they can create some movement then we should be able to cause some some defenses some big problems yeah, I really, I think Del- Delafay staying fit uh, is a is a really important one because sort of in the first half, he, that was one of the the brief highlights. Sort of fairly early on, he got away down the right, didn't he? A number of, number of times, and there was some really sort of neat little interplay between between the, the sort of Pereira in the middle and Capu got got, got him going a couple of times. He just got round the corner and down down that right wing a couple of times. And he thought that you know the, the defence were literally left for left for dead. And I think if we can get that going and, and again with with Firmino back, that that attacking impetus um he he's like you say i think he's, he's really key so i think there'll be a lot of fingers crossed as to uh, as to how serious his his injury was i mean he did try and play on didn't he, he didn't last much longer it was a, a couple of minutes it looked fairly innocuous didn't it if i remember correctly it was mm, a, yeah. a shoulder shoulder barge wasn't it that he that he came off came off worse uh, and presumably might have landed for a bit funny so he might have been winded or something he might have been jarred or whatever but he felt well enough to play on initially, so hopefully you'd, you'd, you'd think that that he might be back um, relatively soon. But uh, this is what for football clubs, so uh, we'll probably see him <laughs> in what twenty twenty twenty. But you talk about one man who did come back there uh, in about the, yesterday's performance, uh, Firmino. <clears throat> How much have we missed him, Mike? That was from uh, Jeremy Keats. I think I think we've we've missed him a lot. When people have asked me why why Watford were doing so well earlier in the season, I think he was one of the key performers. He was getting forward. He was starting the the, the play quickly. He was either getting the ball forward to to Jalabar, who was then moving it on, or or Firmino was get was was taking the ball down down that right himself. So I think we've missed him. We've missed him a lot. Especially when you consider some of the the indifferent displays we've seen from from Daryl Yanma over the over the sort of past couple of months. So yeah, I'm really really excited to see him back, and it was it was fascinating to see him sort of playing like as Jay said in front of Yanma um, yesterday. I don't think many of us saw saw that coming, but you but the pennant you do remember when you saw that that he that is his position as well, isn't it? Um, and again, so that's a reminder as to to how important he is to us, and and how he could turn into a well has already turned into a into a real gem of a gem of a signing. So, but I think where we've struggled, you know, since the struggle started, since the, our form went off a cliff, we really have looked pretty impotent going forward. I think we've been we've we've lacked fluidity, we've lacked that cutting edge. And anyone who's able to to ask a question of a of a defender, and like Jason says, with with Delafeu taking some of the attention away from the players that we know that can do it. Firmini is another one of those someone someone who can ask um, ask a question and and Holobas as well I think to a degree we saw him yesterday getting forward as the as the second half wore on as we and and we realised that that really Everton weren't posing much of a threat Holobas kept coming forward and I thought this could be an opportunity for him to to bag a goal on a, on a couple of occasions so. I think to, to the answer to the question, we, we've missed him a great deal, a, a, a great deal. He's he's looking like, but if he hadn't got injured, um, he'd certainly be up there for a contender for, for for signing of the the season. If not, how about this signing of the Pozzo era? 
Very possibly. Very possibly. It, it does feel that way at this point. And, you know, if he can have a good run at the last 10 games, uh, maybe have a uh, try and overtake uh, Decore, who must be uh, odds yeah. on uh, to be player of the year. Uh, we've had some serious questions. We've had some uh, fun questions. Uh, Jason, you'll decide if this is serious or fun. Uh, David <laughs> Gamble, uh, short sleeves on Carnesis. Discuss. <laughs> Manuel Neuer wears short sleeves, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah he, uh, yeah, he wants to be Manuel Neuer. Well, In fact, the first, game, the first game against Everton, he also showed that he wanted to be Manuel Neuer by charging out of his box <laughs> in a hilarious fashion. So you, clearly that's what it is. He wants to be Manuel Neuer. Um, Mike, another from, uh, from uh, Mick Channer. Uh, do we need another layer on the Sir Elton John stand in the closed season? Do we need more space, Mike? No, pretty simple. Look, we're not, sell- we're not selling Vicarage Road out as it is. There's, there's gaps all over the place. Um, you can get a, I got a direct message from a chap a couple of weeks ago about the Chelsea game saying could I help him out with tickets and I said check online you'll probably find some and lo and behold he, he did I think he was only after one which makes it difficult makes it easier so that was a, b- a bit of a glib answer but yeah I think as it stands you know I think um, you know we're struggling to we're struggling to sell it out and so I'd, I would I would say not I think um, we've we've had ideas above our station for the for the three. We've sort of been lulled into sort of a false sense of excitement and, and positivity, if you like, over the course of the last three seasons. And we've we've started talking about Europe. Although I did love, uh, I find out who said it, the tweet about um, us being the, the last couple of results proving we really re- we are ready for Europe because we've had some uh, great aggregate was, results. It was John <laughs> pa- uh, John Parslow. He's are we ready for Europe? Some brilliant two leg performances lately. Four two v Southampton and six five. I beat Chelsea <laughs> uh, and away goal away wins goal win against yeah. Everton. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did enjoy yeah. that, but I think I think look, let's enjoy the ground at the moment. Again, I had one of those moments yesterday, and it just had a sort of took took stock and and looked around, and you do realise how how far the the ground has has, has developed and and come along. Um, I think from a from a put the sort of commercial point of view, they want to make sure they sweat the ground and use it for for it's a, it's a it's a venue that the local community want to use and and businesses want to use so perhaps if there's going to be investment making sure that every area sort of within the ground is as usable and as commercially successful as possible you know from a purely vanity point of view it would be nice to have that that stand two tiers but do we do we need it i, I really don't think we do and um uh, well, let's wait and see if we can really get ourselves established in the Premier League, which we've we found out again this year. We're we're not there yet. If we can really start sort of um, challenging in the cups, we found out again we're not there yet. And if we can actually start making inroads into potentially being a, a club that can look at Europe, we found out again this year we're not there yet. Then <laughs> then then let's let's look at it. But for a football club who can't smell out Stella <laughs> smell out we've been smelling out because for, for a little, little, little while oh, welcome to that. we smelt it out in the 1990s yeah for, but you know let's without putting us down we, we're not selling out that's only a couple of years into the into the Premier League I already think that, that we feel comfortable as supporters and it's um, you know I said again the, about the Chelsea game under lights it didn't have that crackle for the for kickoff that you usually would have against for these sort of games under lights I think already we're, we're starting to feel just like we belong and whether people are as excited about being in the Premier League, whether that that's worn off. So I don't know. It's uh, I, I just have that little fear. Just always remember that quote from from GT when he, when he said it's it, it was time to leave the first time. It was when we didn't sell out our, our, our allocation of, of tickets for the semi final in in eighty seven. And I don't know. I just I just think there's there's more we can do as a as a to grow our fan base and. Um, 
we're not we're not we're not at the stage where we need a bigger ground quite frankly jason uh jonathan reeves uh and it's actually I'll, I'll put it with jonathan parslow question uh, as well uh about uh, kapoo uh jonathan said whisper it quietly is kapoo showing consistently good form but then the same question or same sort of topic but from jonathan parslow he said if clever is fit next week does he replace kapoo again kapoo on saturday certainly the first half i i was very impressed with him he's He's getting stuck in, isn't he? He's he's showing a passion and a desire that that I, we haven't seen from him since the start of last season, I think. And yeah, he looks like he wants to get involved. If Cleverly's fit, I'm, I think I'd stick with Capu because Cleverly might be fit, but he wouldn't be match fit. So I think I'd I'd start with Capu in the same way that have he trusted Carnesis? Carnesis has been playing well. Gomez was fit on Saturday. He stuck with Carnesis and and was rewarded. So yeah, there's there's no reason we shouldn't have players that think they can walk straight back into the team as soon as they become fit. So I think if Cleverly is fit again, stick with Capu. He'll know that Cleverly will be chomping at the bit to get back in, so he will need to perform. And Cleverly will know that he can't expect to walk straight back into the team. Will need to show Havi on the uh, on the training pitch what he needs to do to get back in the first team. Mike, I'm going to give you a, another possible uh, problem for Havi. Uh, how would you deal with this? Uh, Cleverly is fit. Do you drop Pereira instead of dropping Capu to put Cleverly back back in there? Because Seamus Kelly said, "How frustrating a player Pereira is. Should we sell him in the summer?" Of all the people who should be be concerned about their their Watford future. I think Pereira has to be up there. Um, I think there's no denying he's he looks comfortable on the ball. There's no denying he's a good footballer. I think, and I may be, I may be putting two and two together and getting um, getting five, whatever. But it seems to me I'm not sure he trusts his body. Um, and I think we've said we've said this before. And I think um, it just looks like he's if, if there's a fifty-fifty, he's a sort of split second late. It looks like there's a little bit of doubt. He's not that type of player. He's not going to go thundering around the pitch, um, steaming into tackles. He's 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 not that guy. But I just think we're just missing a percent from him. He's 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 a couple of percent away from being perhaps the player that that took him to to, to Juventus. Um, so. Yeah, I, d- I don't think we've ever seen the best of, of of Pereira, and I do, and I question whether whether we will. Like Seamus said, I find him frustrating. Like perhaps we have done with all of our all of our sort of front men or, or creative players, perhaps for for a couple of couple of years. It just feels like we're not getting quite what their talent sort of um, suggests we should get from them. If that makes sense, we're we just. I don't think we're getting players at one hundred percent, which is perhaps why they're at Watford. Quite, quite frankly, you know, there's there's a reason why these the, these guys end up uh, at Vicarage Road and, and not necessarily higher up um, at the table elsewhere or or in a in a in a top club elsewhere in Europe. So yeah, I I, I concur fully with um, with Seamus in terms of I find him frustrating. I think the injuries perhaps have taken taken their toll on him over over the years. Do, and how different to Watford look without him in the side? Do you look down the Do you look down the team sheet? No Pereira and think, oh dear, we're really going to miss him today. To be perfectly frank, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think I'd ever, I'd ever think that. Although the uh, the dressing room might miss his uh, incredible white dog speaker. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that was the best thing about the club Instagram. Him walking through the t- uh, to the the entrance with his uh, I don't know what kind of is it a bulldog with uh, sunglasses on uh, pumping out music. Brilliant, love it. I don't know. Check it out. But if you if you did want one, apparently they're they're into four figures. If you want to buy one of those on Amazon, never. 
Yeah, check it out. Okay, it's not worth a grand. <laughs> it's lovely and quirky, and it's something I think you would give to your uh, your niece probably for uh, a little uh, side present for Christmas. But no, it's it's, it's fine, um, uh, Pereira. Thank you much for your questions. You know, do keep in touch uh, with us at What for Podcast on Twitter uh, via our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash What for Podcast uh, on Instagram. Guess what? It's Watford Podcast. Uh, so, Mike, uh, we, we cut, we're back at Vicarage Road two weeks in a row. What a lovely thing. Uh, with West Bromwich Albion, the team at the bottom of the Premier League. Um, they're coming to visit at uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Do you have that thing in your head of, God, we're going to be the team to kickstart their season again? I think it's too late to kickstart West Bromwich Albion's season. But, yeah, I, I, I know what you're getting at. I was thinking again today about the, the teams that we've gifted points to. You know, your Palace, Huddersfield, Swansea. All too often, we've been we've been dreadful in these games where we've looked at them as real potential um, opportunities to 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 get the season done and dusted. We cannot afford to let this one let this one go. We absolutely cannot afford uh, to do that. At West Brom are absolutely shorn of of confidence, and I still think we are. I was trying to sum up our performance, and I think for me, it feels like we're coming out of hibernation a little bit. Yeah. Um, does that does that make it after a sort of mid season sort of spell under a rock or in a bush or something um we're just sort of slowly waking up like a big bear remembering how to fish in the sea or, or something like that. i don't know but what we cannot afford to do is is be off the pace and not go for the the jugular when when west brom come they'll be they'll be lacking in confidence they'll be be, be increasingly desperate for for a result we know exactly how they're going to play um they, they'll they'll spoil and they'll they'll do all they can to to get an edge in the game, um, but we've got to be bigger than that. We've got to be better than that. Hopefully, you know we've talked, we've spoken about Richarlison, about Delafeo if he's fit, about Pereira, about Firmino. Now he's back. These are guys that can all strike fear into the into the heart of a of a struggling side, and we absolutely just have to make sure that that that, that we beat them. What against Everton? That was two sides that that didn't want to lose. I think that's the best way of summing that that game up. Probably Everton would have been happy with a point. Watford, we'd have just about been happy with a point on the basis that we beat beat West Brom. But this is a massive opportunity to get us, you know, win this, and the and the the the, the finishing line is is pretty much in sight. Lose it, and it's going to be, you know, it's, it's it's a difficult couple of couple of weeks again with Arsenal, Liverpool coming coming up. So we just absolutely too many times we've said it. This is an opportunity for these players to prove they can do it. They've quite frankly, the team has let us down too many times in these situations. It can't it can't happen again. It cannot happen again. Let's get this lot sorted. Put them to the sword. Onto thirty-six points, and then we can, we can move forward without without worrying so much. But this is an opportunity. It doesn't get better. I know they're tricky games, and West Brom will come like nothing to lose. I don't care. Let's beat them and beat them well. Jason, are you going to change much tactically if you were heavy? No, I think I've uh, alluded to the answer to that question earlier on in the podcast. I, I think I'd stick with the starting eleven. See how we go. That's that's my thinking. Javi is a, is a lot more tactically aware than I am, and will have a plan already, and may have seen something that he will tweak slightly. Only thing I might change the tactics. I'd probably keep the same. Maybe for many are in for Jan Matt possibly at, at right back, but the other players I think I'd keep the same. Um, 
and and one thing we do need to be wary of John I mentioned this to you the other day I think I don't think we've won a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday at home in the league this season yet which means we're going to lose on Saturday sorry (laughs) oh no 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 this will be the change of that Jason it'll be the change Thank you very much for listening to From the Rooker End. Uh, do tell your friends and make sure you subscribe on whichever app you use to listen to your podcasts. Come on, you all! <laughs>